Amen. Good evening. Another evening of uh, Wednesday night service. Amen. Uh, we're going to go in and get started. I hope all is going well with everybody out there. Uh, in, in the midst of it all, uh, I was asked to pray last week on God's compassion. And, you know, just makes us think that God is still being compassionate in the midst of all the corona. God is still showing his compassion towards us. Amen. Uh, I know sometimes we look at the news and we look at the numbers and it may not seem like it. And one thing I don't understand, and uh, and maybe somebody can help me out, is they always show these numbers where it's like this real high number. It's like somebody get coronavirus and they don't erase. The numbers stay up there. You know, to me, that's that's... I guess it's news, but at the same time, you need to get somebody that's going to be encouraged. But yeah, we didn't have these many cases, but we didn't have these many cases of people that, that got over coronavirus. And, that, uh, you know, right now they're using a scare tactic by leaving these numbers up there. Oh, yeah, we didn't have uh, such and such amount of uh, coronavirus, confirmed coronavirus incidents or whatever. Uh, uh, but at the same time, they're not telling you that 80, like 83% of the people that get corona is, you know, they recover from it. You know, you know, you might see that way down in the bottom in the right. No, let's 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 keep the people encouraged. Uh, and you know, that just goes to show you that God is still in control of this whole thing. Uh, no matter what we like to think, and no matter how we feel about it, God is still in control. Because if he, if he wasn't, if he didn't have compassion, he could have just said, "Okay, we just gonna kill everybody." Kind of like what he wanted to do during the flood at first. You know, they just kill everybody. You know, I'm displeased with them. Let's kill them. No, he's still showing his compassion. Amen. So, if not anything, we should still be giving God glory and honor. Amen. We're going to go, I guess, go in and get started. I'm going to ask Pastor Chapman to open us up with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into the lesson.
control of this earth, Lord, that you were guiding people, God, before money was even instituted into the society. So, Father, we pray right now in the wonderful name of Jesus, Lord, that you would open the minds of your people. We know, Lord, that there is a remnant for those who are called by your name. Father, so we ask that uh, for those of us who are called by your name, for those of us that you chose from the foundation of the world, Lord, to be part of your family. Father, we pray uh, for them right now, Lord, as Jesus did in John 17. God, we pray right now, Lord, that you would make us one, that you would keep us together. And we know, Lord, that you have a remnant left in every society. So, Father, we thank you for allowing us to be part of that remnant. So, bless and anoint right now, Lord. Have our ears to be open, Lord, and our hearts to be receptive. As we continue on teaching about Sam, Lord, those things that so easily beset us. And have us to be able to be honest with ourselves, God, that we can be able to recognize the addictions, the faults, uh, all those things that we have in our own lives. Not to look over at our spouse and our children, our friend or our, our co-worker, God, but that we can look at ourselves and be able to admit the problems that we have. And not only admit them, but to be able to allow you through the power of the Ruach Akadosh, God, the Holy Spirit, that we would be able to have our problems fixed so that you would be pleased with our lives. So we thank you, Lord. We love you. We trust you. We honor you. We bless your holy and righteous name. And it is in the wonderful, everlasting name of your Son, Yeshua, and the shape that we pray. Amen. 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 Tonight we're going to continue, uh, I guess, or try to finish up the uh, the area of alcoholism. Amen. And, uh, you know, now, as Pastor was praying, you know, he just had me thinking about, uh, I guess some things about the class uh, that a lot of, I ain't gonna say a lot of, all this information is vitally important. Amen. But what I'm noticing since we got on the, uh, the addiction portion of the uh, of the lesson, it's like less participation, less people that's coming on. And and what I'm gathering, or what, I would, what I'm thinking, I'm not sure if that's the case at all, but what I'm thinking is, uh, you know, when it came to sex and, you know, all the ugliness that it, that, that it came with it, uh, that it touched a whole lot of people, but it seems like the addiction part of it is like uh, people don't want to uh, 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 go into the area of their life that, that may have had those issues. You know, that's that's like I'm, I put that away and I'm gonna leave it there, amen. But leaving it there, you know, is, uh, oftentimes you can't help somebody else that may be going in that same area. You know, we, you know, we know that we are served by the saved by the words of our testimony, uh, and you know, that is, that is so important. That the things that that's, that's happened in our lives, you know, we could definitely uh, tell people how we we got through that. God delivered us through these things. It, you know, I don't have a monopoly on of being addicted to, to to alcohol. I don't have a monopoly of being addicted to to crack cocaine. I don't have a monopoly of being addicted to whatever the case may be. I don't have a monopoly on it. And if God can get me through it, I'm pretty sure He can get you through it. But I, you know, I'm noticing that a lot of you know, in you know the, the Regardless, the class is going to go on, and I'm going to keep giving you the information. Like I said, because it's vitally important. And some of this information, you may run into somebody that may be going through some of the same stuff. You know, I, I shared with you a few weeks ago, I was talking to one of my cousins, and uh, she was sharing with me that uh, how her sister is still holding some stuff over her mother's head from an addiction that she had when they was young as a child. You know, here we, is, here we are, you know, uh, in our 50s. Uh, and still holding on to some of this stuff. That's that's you know, and that and that was just amazing. Like this earlier that week, I was just that was part of my lesson. It was like let's let's 
let's stop holding people uh, uh, to a standard that that uh, that we may have in our lives. Hold them to something that they, they did to us as a child growing up, a young adult, uh, and now they didn't got over that abuse, but you can't let it go. Look, let's let's stop holding them to that. You know, let's 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 forgive them for that stuff and move on because uh, you know that that's toxic. Uh, you know, there's a lot of toxic energy that you that, that you that you're putting out. Uh, and you know, now I understand those things hurt. You know, it hurt it then, it, it hurt, you know, but at the same time, you still here. You know, it didn't kill you. And you know, you know, a lot of us you know, went on to have successful successful lives and married with children and and, and we still holding somebody to something that happened years ago. Let's let's let that go. You know, because that that you know now you you know a lot of times it's often as you try to keep it to yourself. Them, them kids know about it. Now your kids holding some type of resentment because something that you didn't went through. You know, so that's that's it's like I said, it's not it's not it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy. I understand it's not easy, but at the same time, you know, one of my biggest things is that, you know the Bible has a version that says if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. You know, and it, it's no. In between, if you if you don't forget, I might not forgive you. He said, I won't forgive you. If that's what it takes, is my forgiveness. That's to me, that's easy. I'm just gonna forgive you. You know what I'm saying, and, and move on. Now, how you feel after I forgive you, that's on you. But I'm gonna forgive you because I want God's forgiveness. Because trust me, we have done some stuff in our lives that's way more worse than what they have done, and God has forgiven us and and welcome welcome us into His family. And, 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 and the word I used earlier is compassion. It showed us compassion on top of all this mess that we didn't done in our life. Stuff that we don't deserve, God has shown the compassion for. Now, last week I gave you some uh, some signs of alcoholism and, uh, and alcohol abuse. Tonight I want to talk about identifying addiction and know the signs of alcoholism. Now, while the above indicators are signs of alcohol abuse or diagnosis of alcoholism necessitates physical dependence of alcohol. The most common physical sign of an alcoholic are increased alcohol tolerance. More and more alcohol is needed to fill its effort. Attempts of quitting are met with failure. Loss of control. One cannot control the amount of alcohol he consumes at any given time. When you can't control the amount of alcohol that you drink, you, that might be a sign that you're an alcoholic. You, know, you, you start with one, next thing you know you have two, then three drinks, four drinks, five drinks, and on and on. You, there's no limit on the amount of alcohol that you consume, and you can't control that. That's a that's a good indicator that you may be an alcoholic. Now I'm not talking like you go out, uh, or, you know, one night and have a few drinks, you know, and a few drinks too many. I'm talking about this is this is something that happens quite often, uh, you know, that you have too many drinks. That's 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 not a good indicator. Of, of, of who you are, and it shows it definitely shows that you may be an alcoholic. 
and it and again you know it's amazing that this class is going on and I've talked about you know I guess not last week but week before last I talked about how you know what you know alcohol and especially with young adults and this kid this killed this police 18 years old Hispanic kid from Port Arthur killed this cop in Beaumont uh guess Sunday morning or late Saturday night you wouldn't call it you know early Sunday morning like two something in the morning <laughs> I was reading today that he said they say the, the, the article said that he was almost four times over the alcohol or blood alcohol level. Four times. Eighteen years old. Four times over the alcohol level. Blood alcohol level. That is that's a, that's a travesty. And wherever he was at partying. And if there were some grown folks in that room, they all out wrong for it. Allowing this kid to get dead drunk, and not only get dead drunk, but allow him to leave driving. Hopefully there were no adults. Hopefully it was a bunch of kids partying. And again, our young adults think they're invisible. They go out and they have a whole lot of fun thinking that it ain't going to happen to me. I'm pretty sure when he woke up in the hospital, he didn't think he was going to wake up in the hospital in handcuffs trying to find out what he done done. Because he thought it, wasn't, it would never happen to him that he was in control. Obviously he wasn't in control because he's driving down the wrong side of the highway with no headlights. Nowhere in there does it say that he was in control. And then he take the life of a young woman. See, that's what I'm talking, that's what I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks of, 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 of alcohol. And trust me, we all didn't been there. We all didn't have the talks before, we didn't have the classes. And trust me, we all then felt like it, 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 it won't happen to me. You know, that we invincible, especially our young kids. They don't think that nothing would hurt them. Now, luckily he lived on his part. But somebody didn't. And it goes back to what I'm saying is that he lost control of the amount of alcohol that he consumed that night. And now, they even going even further than that. Now they want to investigate the restaurant that he ate at or went to early that, that evening. Uh, the the uh, Texas Alcohol uh, Commission or whatever it's called. They, 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 they want to try to investigate whether or not they sold an underage kid a, a drink or sold them too many drinks on top of that. You know, it's, it's a whole lot involved in it. And like I said, we don't, we, don't think about, we don't think about those things when we out there having fun. Uh, you know, and that's why I say it's, in, you know, like I say, a lot of people not paying attention. But this is something that you could be teaching your children. It's just one night of party. And not only that, like I say, he's from Port Arthur. And I hope he wasn't trying to make from Port Arthur four times over that blood alcohol level. That's, 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 that's crazy drunk. When you're that drunk and you hit the wrong side of the highway, you're way too drunk. Not only that, you ain't turn on your headlights. 
And as a parent, and that's your child, how would you feel knowing your child didn't kill somebody? You know, would you feel any type of way because you didn't you feel like you didn't raise your child the right way? You you taught them better, you didn't you showed them better. Some of them things gotta be crossed and some, you know, uh, 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 a decent parent would feel that way. I can't say nothing about a parent just let their kids do any kind of anything. You don't want to be their kid's friend. But a parent that's, that's trying to teach they, to train their child up in the way they should go, you should feel a certain type of way knowing your child and did something they had no business doing. And, and what can you do? You, you, know, you, you, you know, you might want to reach out to the parents, but they don't want to hear nothing from you. Right now, they ain't hurting. They in pain. And ain't no telling what kind of choice words you might hear. Knowing that uh, your child didn't kill somebody else's, their child. It's like I said, it's a great travesty that this, this happened. You know, young lady, like I say, just, you know, been a cop just over a year, just got married. Life ain't even got started for her yet. Life ain't even got started for this 18-year-old yet. When look at the man of slaughter, trust me, they're going to find him guilty. If the blood alcohol level came back where he was, and they didn't got all the tests and all this stuff, he don't, he don't have a dog in this fight. He might as well go and confess to the crime and get a lesser sentence. Don't even try to fight. Because if he try to fight, he out of there. He's going to get way more time than what he want. They're going to probably max him out. And, and I hate to throw race in there, but the Hispanic dude killed a young white lady from Vida. I mean from Lumberton. There's no sympathy going to be shown for this young man when he go to court. Hate to say it, but it's, it's the reality of it. Alcohol consumption or, drug, or other drugs are required to avoid withdrawal symptoms, nausea, shakiness, anxiety, sweating, and with more severe cases of, uh, with more severe cases, you may have seizures, delirium, and, and start hallucinating. If you go a couple of days, now you start having anxiety and you, you know you having withdrawal symptoms and all that because you gotta have you gotta have a drink. I ain't gonna say that might be a sign you're alcoholic. You're alcoholic, especially when you like say severe case when you having seizures because you didn't have a drink. It's time to check into somebody's institution and, and get some something something for that and hallucinate. You know, and the hallucinators normally, uh, 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 you know, that, that goes with drug abuse, not, normally not with alcohol. You know, you, you over the top alcoholic. Craving for alcohol that can be contributed to relapse in one attempt, in one's attempt to abstain. You're trying your best to stop, but you got that real, real hard craving for it. So it's the indicator that you might be an alcoholic. Now, what causes alcohol addiction? Alcoholism is called by a combination of biological, genetic, psychological, environmental, and social factors, including frequency use. If you frequency use alcoholism, eventually you're going to get hooked on alcohol.
frequency using alcohol, you're going to get addicted to using alcohol. You know, there's a whole lot of people out there talking about, I got a hand on it. I can go without drinking. I don't need to drink. I just want to drink. That's what, you know, you, you, you fool yourself. You, you know, that's something that you say in your mind. I, just, I can stop drinking anytime I want to, but I don't want to stop drinking because that's what I want to do. Or try stopping to see. The age at which you start, you first started consuming alcohol. You start your own drinking. Like I say, this kid, 18 years old. You know, this accident wouldn't happen. No, he was on the... He was on the crash course. You know, his, his destination was going to probably be alcohol abuse in, in, in the future. And this man, there's so many people out there that just don't realize they're, they're, they, they, they're addicted to alcohol. So many people. Every day they got to have that drink. And not only do they have a drink, they have some drinks to the point where they, they, they feel in Pretty doggone good on a regular basis. Hmm. No. In the reality of it too, just like this kid, a lot of us jump right in there behind the wheel of a car and go to wherever. I'm just going down the street. I just I had uh had to take a defensive driving class in order to start driving uh the district vehicles and on yesterday. And one of the uh, films they showed us was, uh, it wasn't by, this one wasn't alcohol, but it was about uh, being tired behind the wheel. This guy said he was 90 seconds, 90 seconds away from his house and fell asleep and hit a telephone post. 90 seconds. We all figured, well, I can make it. 90, 90 seconds, I, I can make it home. But he was saying during, you know, during the little, the little video, uh, you know, and he was narrating the background, he was saying that that he, he had all the signs early because he left and went to his girlfriend's house. He fell asleep on the couch when he was at her house. Earlier that day, he fell asleep at his grandmother's house. All the signs was there that he was so tired. He dropped his girlfriend off. You know, I guess he was, you know, he was, he was good because you know, he hanging out with his girl. You know, he, he woke and, you know, he dropped off, but... They lived in two separate cities, so he dropped her off and he heading home. 90 seconds away from his house, he fell asleep and hit a telephone pole. Now he in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Well, how many of us think that, you know, I just live right down the street. I can drive there, you know, I, I had a couple of dreams. I can drive right down the street. 90 seconds is all it took for him to, 90 seconds to fall deep sleep to lose control of your vehicle and hit a telephone pole. And it was some real good information, you know, because they were talking about distraction and these cell phones and stuff like that. And they was talking about, you know, this, looking at your, your cell phone for five seconds. He said, now imagine driving down the highway and putting your hands over your head, on your eye for five seconds. And they showed a little video of God, you know, pretty much they blacked it out for five seconds and the vehicle, they veered way off the side of the road. In five seconds don't seem that long. But that's what it takes sometimes, like especially when you're impaired. Five seconds. 
It's all it takes, you know, to, to, to get into a, 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 a critical accident. Five seconds. You know, and I hate to see, you know, what, what, what speed these people was traveling the other evening to, to have a head-on collision and kill this, this, this young lady. And that's a, you know, crazy thing about it, that's the second incident this week, well, within a couple of days that somebody got hit head-on and killed it because the other one was in Sour Lake on 105. They say this guy was driving erratic, dipping in and out of traffic. Somebody actually called the cops on the cops was in route to go see about the, who was driving erratic like that. And he had then hit somebody, a lady with her kids in the car. And I ain't heard too much about it since this guy had killed the cop. That kind of overshadowed this, this case. But at the same time, I wonder what his drug, I mean, his, his alcohol level was. Because it had to be alcohol involved in you driving at erratic. Well, you can't rate and you hit somebody head on. You veered over on the other side of the road and hit somebody head on. Demographics such as age, gender, and genetic background has a lot to do with alcohol addiction. Demographics such as age, gender, and genetic background. Now, I already shared about, seeing like all these statistics, the, the male gender numbers are always higher than the female gender. Well, you know, and it makes you think about, at least when I was coming up, you know, these, uh, 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 these guys want to drink, you know, I guess the, the, you know, like my daddy age, and you know, on they, they come and drink with Thunderbird and MD 2020. And, and to fit in, you got you know you want to drink, you know you want these guys at a bottle. They gonna if you want to fit in, and that's why they talking about your your the demographics, and then the gender. You know, most of the time females ain't trying to tempt one another with with, with you know come on come on girl have have this drink for the most part. But now you know you know now these parties you know they spiking the drink somebody come on have a little fun you know the females doing this too. Uh, you being corny, whatever word they're using now, bougie and, uh, you know, all kind of stuff. They want to use all these crazy words now that you're not cool. You know, I like these commercials about these nerds now. They're talking about, you know, when you was in school, you used that nerd, but now you're the one that, that, that got the Fortune $500 companies and you, you got all the new tech technology out there, but you was a nerd then. Now, now look at the nerd now. So guess what? You could be the nerd when somebody's trying to tempt you with something. Be that nerd. You know, don't don't fall into uh, to the norm uh, because such stuff you want to fit in. So you gonna you gonna and I'm talking to the young folks who may be listening. Or for those of us who got young kids, you know, this is what you can be telling them. You no, know, don't don't try to fit in. Be you, and, and, and you can care less what somebody else think about you because you don't want to do what they doing. Because wait till we get to to, uh, to to drug abuse and some of these numbers with these young folks. Uh, you know, the most popular drugs among young people and, 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 and that kind of stuff. It, it, it's crazy. A family history of alcoholism. A person is much more likely to become an alcoholic if a parent was an alcoholic. You know, and at one time you couldn't tell me that. I wouldn't believe that because in, cause me personally, I was that person like, I am never going to be like this dude here. That's, that was me. I didn't like what I seen with him, so I'm going to make sure I ain't going to be like that. But 
I've been saying this for a while, the statistics not lying. You know, so statistics say that you're most likely to become an alcoholic because a parent is an alcoholic. Most likely it's true. I'm, like I said, I guess me and I'm pretty sure there's more, more others like me out there that was like, I don't want to be like this joker or whoever, so I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to do this here thing. I wish a whole lot of people thought like me, but it, obviously they don't. And, and, you know, when you think about it, because you look at people that smoke cigarettes, young folks that smoke cigarettes, most of the time their parents smoke cigarettes. You know, you look at uh, those, I guess, parents that's addicted to drugs. A lot of times the kids end up addicted to drugs. You know, it's a vicious cycle. You know, you, you see uh, people come up in the, uh, in, in the projects under the welfare system. You know, the, you know it'd, be, it'd be a generation. You know, grandmother was on welfare, and my daughter was on, you know, a son, you know what I'm saying, and on and on. You know, you, grandmother lived right down the street in, in the same projects, and, and great-granddaughter -grand lived, or, or grandson lived over here in the project. They'll never move out. So it's understandable how people get caught into a cycle of things. And a lot of people, they want to, uh, you know, alcohol is a way of covering uh, or hiding things, pain and, and all kind of stuff. Uh, we want to drink things away, per se. And, and, you know, so it's easy to get caught up in, 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 in the system. And, you know, of course, you know, when you live in a certain environment, you know, it's a block party everywhere. And along with the party, of course, they're going to have drinks. Prenatal exposure to alcohol. The mom, mom was drinking while she was praying. I know a certain person in the service state in the United States, when she was praying, she liked to, she liked to drink. I mean, she liked alcohol before she, beer, basically, beer before she, she was pregnant. But she would drink Odours because she liked the taste of beer. You know, Odours is a non-alcoholic beer. But she liked the taste of beer so much, she, would, she had to have a beer, per se, so she would get Odours, which was smart. But there's a lot of people out there, they're not getting Odours. They want hard liquor. Then they drinking, you know, not going to say, you know, you first get pregnant, you don't know you're pregnant, you have some wine or you have a drink or whatever. But the minute you find out, you need to cut it out. Sounds simple, but if you got an addiction, it ain't that simple. I like Isaac Carey got a song that he, uh, he did a duet with a lady on, I can't, I can't think of the woman's name. But on the, the name of the song, is a, it's a lesson in my blessing. Uh, it's a blessing in my lesson. And, uh... And, 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 and the part where the woman saying she was talking about how she was uh she was drinking a lot and well she ended up getting pregnant out of wedlock but when she got pregnant she stopped drinking so her blessing was the, giving up the alcohol and of course the baby because she was pregnant at least she had enough uh 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 since, uh, you know, and she understood God enough to say, no, I can't do this to this child. And, uh, and like I said, that was a lesson, you know, that was a blessing out of a lesson. And your overall health. You know, alcohol is another one of them coping mechanisms. Now, there are seven stages of alcoholism. 
The first stage is abstinence. Alcohol addiction can begin before an individual starts drinking due to the genetic predisposition, disposition, the predisposition or attitude or perception consistent with those who suffer from addiction. Alcohol addiction can begin before an individual starts drinking. Now I talked about that a little earlier about you know you know your environment. And what it's saying right here is that your addiction starting before you even started. Now that's crazy. You don't even know you're gonna be an addict, an alcohol alcoholic. But before you get to that point, now you, now you, now you there before you realize it. That's why I say this stuff is vitally important because none of this is is, is guaranteed. All of this can be preventable, especially addiction. Addiction could be preventable, just don't start. It's just that simple. Again, train the child up in a way. Not go light my cigarette for me. Not, uh, here you want, you know, you drinking a can of beer. Here, here you want some of this beer? Uh, you're giving your kid a, a, a drink here and there, uh, you know, because you and your friend, y'all party, you having a good time, and you know, drinking way too much in front of your children. All this stuff can be preventable if we just, again, do it God's way. You know, let, you know stop perverting this stuff because I'm pretty sure, for the most part, I ain't going to say 100% because there's some people out there, just, they just not good parents. But for the most part, that we don't want our kids, on that sense, following in our footsteps. We want better for our kids when it comes to any type of addiction. For the most part. Now, you got some people out there just don't care. You got some people out there wish their kids get worse than them. You know, jealous because their kids live in a certain type of way. Got some people out there like that. But for the most part, we don't want our kids to follow in our footsteps. So guess what? We got to do better in front of our children if we don't want them following in our footsteps. You know, this is me here because I seen a, a girl I knew. I've been knowing this girl probably since about the maybe fourth or fifth grade from D Queen. And I knew, I'm guessing her, her adult life, she got hooked on drugs. But was doing good, going to church, active in church, helping out in church. And, you know, and I, and I seen her post up, not maybe not that long ago, posting how proud she was of her daughter. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, you know, it's good to see her on the right track. And well, I, I swing to seeing this girl today, man, she was looking bad. And I'm saying to myself, I hope she having relapse. You know, walking down the street, down, about right off of Steelway and A Street. You know, you know, everybody know that area, what's going on in that area around there. And I'm like, man, I just hope that she haven't got back out there like that, especially when she was on the right track. But I couldn't help but think at that moment, that it had to do with us out of church right now. 
because of this coronavirus. At that moment, the first thing that comes to my mind is, the, you know, we're not going to church. And some people need to be in this building. They need to be around other fellow uh, 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 believers of Christ. They need to be around there. They need that, that, that crush to hold them up. Some people are not strong enough to be out there on their own trying to deal with whatever they came from. And then us in the church, we're not even checking on these people trying to, you know, because everybody, you know, we're scared, we scared of corona. We all, we're trying to social distance. But there's some people falling in the cracks because of this. And it's, and it's crazy. Like I said, and I don't even know if that's the case. And I don't even know if she even got back out there. But that was the first thing to pop in my mind when I seen this. Now, you know, and we, 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 we passing myself, we'd be the first to say we ain't ready to open up these doors and get nobody sick. That ain't what I'm saying. But this thing needs to be over before we can get back in here because some of us are not strong enough to stand on our own without, without being around fellow beings. That's what the Bible says, don't, don't forsake the fellowship of the brothers. It's there for a reason. And, and, and everybody not strong enough to stand on their own. And I'm, I'm telling this girl, she looked bad, you know, and I'm like, wow. Sign, stage number two. Initial use. This can include experimental use of alcohol, occasional use, or occasional binge drinking once or twice a year. Initial use of alcohol may not yet be a problem for the user or those close to them. Occasional alcohol consumption may cause difficulties while they, they are under the influence or the following day, but they have not become addicted. I would say kind of like me when I, was, you know, when I decided I was going to go have a couple of drinks or whatever. Now, I can go weeks, months without drinking. But the minute I go out, it seemed like I was overconsumed because I hadn't been out in a while. And that would call it an occasional drinker. But if I would have kept down that, that same path, it would have, could have been easy for me to get addicted to alcohol. And that's, that, you know, and these seven stages is how it starts. What I'm giving you. These seven stages is what leads up to being an alcoholic. High-risk use. High-risk refers to a, an abundance of drinking and making poor decisions while under the influence. At this stage, the pattern of frequency of alcohol abuse is high enough to be dangerous to the drinker and those around them. It's, it's, again, it's those for them people, we all, we all know them. They, you know, that alcohol, they brave juice. They, they do things they wouldn't normally do when they haven't been drinking. You know, they might see their they, they, they childhood crush. They have a drink, they bold enough not to go up to their childhood crush and tell them how they feel about them. You know, you know they, they, that dude that bullied them, or that girl that bullied them when they was a kid, now they didn't have that, that, that drink. Now they're going to tell them how to call it the cabbage. 
high risk drinking. You know, not to mention the fact that you know you you, you get behind the wheel of a car, you're driving erratic and all, all you know just anything that takes high risk. You do it when you that some that you would do normally when you're not drinking, you're doing it when you're drinking. That's that's stage number three. Phase number four, problematic use. The negative consequences of drinking becomes apparent. Health issues, including impaired liver function. You know, you start getting sexual transmitted diseases, drink, re drinking related legal issues, like driving under influence. In the stage, family and friends become aware of the problem. And trust me, drinking and driving is not the only legal issue that can occur when you're drinking because there's, you know, people get violent, they want to fight when they get, get drunk. Now, you got, now that's alcohol related. Uh, police got to show up because you and your girl, y'all get into a heated argument because one of y'all didn't have too much to drink. That's, that's, that's a legal issue now because you couldn't, one of y'all couldn't control y'all temper because y'all didn't have some drinks. Like again, I like I say some people get violent. Everything is a problem when they didn't have a drink. You trying to calm them down, they just they just want what they want when they want and they want to fight. Basically they want to fight when they get drunk. You trying your best to keep them calm. You trying your best you know, you know, for the neighbors not to see, you know, uh uh and then you know crazy thing about it is that they might do something. Cause you hadn't even been drinking, but they might do something that that push your the, the last button. Now you didn't win all, especially man. You know, you know if the woman's both like she gonna get away with it, cause you, know, you, didn't, you, you didn't push the last button. She might smack you upside your head. Police probably ain't gonna do enough, but she didn't make you man. You smack upside the head. She didn't push that last button. You going to jail. Legal. That's a, see. That's a legal problem. And, and that's crazy, like I say, because you might be the calmest, coolest, collected person out there, but everybody got a butt. And that person that, that loves you, know that butt. And when that alcohol is involved with it, trust me, they want to they wanna be violent, they know what butt to push. Start calling you sorry, so-and-so, and talk about your mama, or, or you ain't no good, whatever it takes to, to push that button, they're going to do it. Now you, now you done got yourself in, in a whole lot of trouble that you didn't even start. They intoxicated, sleeping at all, but you sleeping in jail now. Lawyers involved in it. Now you coming out of pocket for a whole bunch of stuff because of alcohol. And, that's, and I just painted a scenario that's, that's happening. That's real. That's real, real, real to this day. And we all probably know somebody that this didn't happen to. Or you could have been the one that pushed the buttons. <clears throat> stage five. Early stages of dependency. The early stage of alcohol addiction is characterized by noticeably lifestyle change. The user begins to miss work. They pick fights with family and friends and choose to drink despite negative consequences. At this point, alcohol rehab is, 
is most effective. When you made it to stage five, and I talked about that in stage four, when it came to the legal issues, but here, and they just said it right here, you, now you're picking fights with family members, family and friends, and choosing to drink despite a negative consequence. And I, I'm going to put this out there too. I mean, because sometimes you got to choose what you drink. Because certain alcohol affects you differently. And, and in my younger days, I, you couldn't tell me that. You know, I used to like to drink uh, malt liquor. I didn't like no Budweiser or nothing like that. I didn't, want, I didn't say anything like I didn't want that. And somebody said, man, you mean that, the man that bought that malt liquor, man, you might want to stay away from that malt liquor. But then I was outside looking in. One time, I seen myself from the outside when I was drinking more liquor, and I didn't like what I seen. So I started drinking like Budweiser and stuff like that because malt liquor have you acting a certain type of way than the other beers will. And I honestly think they designed malt liquor for black folks to have them act a doggone fool. Because when I was drinking malt liquor, me and the partner, we'd be going to Lake Charles, and we would stop in Bridge City to get something to drink, and I, you cannot find malt liquor in Bridge City nowhere. So tell me that ain't no black folks drink. And you had old Billy D. Williams pumping it up. Coke 45. Being smooth and all that other stuff. But I'm telling you, what you drink, I'm going to put that out there because people don't want to believe that what you drink affects how you act. And that's, a, and that, and that's, that's from experience. And I'm going to bring you back. Now, some people, I don't care what they drink, they just don't know. Once they get drunk, they don't know that. When you got to that point where you just, you just drunk now. Middle stage of this dependency. During the middle stage of alcohol addiction, negative consequences start to pile up. The user loses his, loses his or her job due to too many absences and alcohol-induced fights in relationships, the negative consequences of alcoholism becomes irrevelant or irreversible. I mean, alcohol, you know, you didn't let it get you fired from your job. Now, I talked about a, a few weeks ago how a guy that I know was, you know, had a, a real, one of these real refinery jobs, you know, not for the company, you know, probably making $30, $40 an hour type jobs. And lose his job because they had a zero policy, zero tolerance policy, which means that there's no second chance. There's no rehab. You know, we ain't, go, we ain't, we ain't trying to help you. You have the audacity to show up here with alcohol in your system, whatever the punishment is, you're going to get it. And that's what happened to him. He lost a, a real good job. See, that's middle stage dependency. And then, you know, alcohol induced fights ends relationships. You know, 
man or woman, you know, you get tired of getting in the fight with somebody because they, they didn't have too many drinks. That love will only go hold up for so long. You know, and, and, and believe it or not, that love is what's going to get you out of there before somebody get hurt. Because you can see that somebody's going to get hurt at the end of this if 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 y'all don't y'all don't call it quits you know and the crazy thing about it a lot of times is that persons don't want to hear what you got to say about man you need to stop drinking they don't want to hear that we got to say because we all think we in control we all we all got a hand on it i don't have a problem with it i, I can stop drinking anytime i want to you can't tell me what to do you ain't my mama you ain't my daddy no all that stuff is involved and this person is only trying to help you, trying to help this relationship. You see, that's, it goes back to Sam. Sam is destroying relationship because we allow it. We want to be stubborn. We want to be pig-headed. We want to be all this other stuff. We don't want to listen to what nobody has to say. <clears throat> and Sam is killing our relationships because of that. Now, you want something that's... that's you know, and I, and I listen to Pastor, you know, he talk about, you know, the, the crack cocaine and, and, and suddenly the size of his, his fingernail, he, how can he let something control it? Well, how can you let something control you in a glass or in a bottle or in a can? You let something take control of your, of your life like that and you're destroying re your, your relationship <clears throat> with your wife, with your husband, with your children, with your mama, with your daddy, you're destroying relationships. Because you're letting that take control and you don't want nobody to tell you what to do. And that's ignorance. <clears throat> and then for those who think, well, what I do outside the job, it ain't going to affect my, my, you know, my job. Don't believe that. Because tell you what, go home and hit your, your wife or your husband and go to jail and see if them folks don't fire you from that job. And don't let her be angry or him be angry enough to call your job and tell them what happened. Because you got some people that do that in the heat of, of, of their anger, in the heat of an argument, they'll call and tell on you. Now you didn't lost your job because you don't want to listen. Your nine to five will bring in your paycheck your money. I know we're going to be dealing with that later, but you let that affect that. Now you're trying to figure out where your next paycheck coming from. You know, a lot of we didn't put ourselves on such a pedestal that, you know, I don't know what they're going to do without me. The whole time you didn't lost your job, you still blame, you, you still thinking, man, they ain't going to function without me. I had that place running. Man, they're going to hire somebody as soon as you get fired. They're they, they going to run in the next doggone, uh, Paper is going to be on the internet and next dog on under, um, under human resources. They're trying to fill that position. Thank you, that invite. They're going to show you quicker than they can tell you. And you carrying them seven years down the line, you try, you calling cold, cold rooks trying to see how they're doing. They're booming. Matter of fact, you was a crutch. I mean, you was a dog on, uh, you was a handicap. Now you're in. The last stage is the crisis stage. At the crisis point, everyone is aware of the effects of alcoholism. Everybody but you. When you got to the crisis point, 
Everybody around you know that you're a doggone alcoholic but you. Or you might even know this don't care. Including the alcoholic. <laughs> you see, it said including the alcoholic. You even know you're an alcoholic. Serious health problems ensue. The alcoholic is rarely without a drink, but thinks no one notices. This state frequently results in alcohol-related deaths for, for the user who do not enter treatment, even though there can be endless reasons as to why couples decide to part ways after marriage. The cause that is perched on top of the chart is sex, rather a lack of. But alcohol could be the reason why your, your relationship ended. Because you didn't got you didn't got addicted. And that's as much as we like to say we love them and we care about them. And, but when you got an addiction, you allow that thing to take over. Yeah, you love them and you care about them. Now that addiction is telling you, man, I don't care about none of that. Now I love this more than I love them. That's what addiction is. You love whatever it is, you love that more than anything else. You love it more than you love yourself. Because if you didn't, you would quit. I'm telling you, boy, the devil is clever. Because you think about it, that's demonic right nature, because God created a lot of this thing for our good. And devil has found a way to, 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 to fool us and make you think, man, this man, that flesh, boy, I love this. Now you didn't got hooked on it and you love it better than you love you. Because now you especially when it comes to, to, to drinking, now your liver all tore up, your pancreas messed up, you know, a whole lot of other medical issues going on. Because you allow something to take control of you. You know, you got people that drink themselves, literally drink themselves to death. There is such a thing called alcohol poisoning. You didn't have too much to drink, you didn't kill yourself. You started drinking, did not know when to stop. Now you didn't kill yourself. Now let's talk about alcohol withdrawal symptoms. Alcohol detox is the process of removing all harmful toxins that alcohol brings into the body. Because detox involves the quitting or reducing of heavy or prolonged alcohol use, it causes alcohol withdrawal. The common alcohol withdrawal symptoms are the physical side effects of discontinuous substance use range from mild to potentially life-threatening. They include mood swings, like an EKG. Happy, you say you're happy, you're sad. You're mad one minute, you, 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 you just feel jolly the next minute. Having crazy moves means because you're having withdrawal. Fatigue, you're just tired. You're trying to quit drinking alcohol, you, or you didn't quit cold turkey, you didn't quit drinking alcohol, but you just find yourself tired all the time. 
that's just crazy how you know people that smoke now they, they start gaining weight because now they didn't substitute a cigarette, they want to eat more. They say, Oh, I didn't gain weight since I started drinking, I started smoking. No, you're eating more because you're trying to substitute that habit of smoking. Now you didn't find another habit, eating. Depression. Just feeling down and out. Anxiety. Now you're saying for, for, suffering from anxiety. Just anxious about everything. Nerves is bad. You're irritable. It don't take nothing much to, 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 to tee you off, to irritate you. You know, shakiness. Some people you talk to them, they go they go to shaking. Some people start having nightmares. Difficulties thinking clearly. Because your mind focuses on that drink. Because you, now you can't even think right. You have a night sweat. Insomnia. Mild anxiety. Headaches. Dilated pupils. Clammy skin, nausea. Not only just having nausea, but then you start vomiting. You lose your appetite. Rapid heart rate. Paleness. Sweating. You know, you get the tremors, especially hand tremors. Withdrawal symptoms can be more severe in elderly and those who have repeated withdrawal that lead to repeated intoxication. Other health issues can also impact symptom severity. And that means you got other, you know, other, other issues going on with your body, like you, know, you might have a weak heart or some other stuff. Your, your, your symptoms may be a little different or more severe because of your, like, like they use for COVID-19, because of your underlying health condition. Just about time for the night. Uh, next week we're gonna we're gonna start on drug addiction and you know and, and what's what's crazy about it is a, a lot of people have both alcohol addiction and drug addiction. You know I hear I hear people talk about that they, they, they managed to get off of drugs and, but alcohol caused them to relapse. You know, some people, they, 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 they're addicted to drugs, they can't, they can't have no alcohol either. That mind-altering effect that alcohol gives them, now they, they, now they, want, they want the drugs as well. You know, so that's, what, that's the sad reality of it. I hope the lesson tonight was, was well. And I hope that you was blessed with the information. Uh, in a sense, I can you can see I can, I'm kind of passionate about some of this stuff because uh, we let Sam destroy our, our you know relationships. You know, regarding you know married relationships, friendship, family, whatever. Case you let Sam destroy relationships simply because uh, 
en, en, 